Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry Connick Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. This is the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and hello from Studio B at the headquarters of the Saints and the Pelicans on Airline Drive in Metairie, Louisiana. Our series continues today. Yes, the series of... And getting to know our newest Saints uh, rookie mini camp begins tomorrow. How about that? Now we'll wrap up our series today uh, by talking about the Saints' first round selections Andrews Pete, the tackle out of Stanford, and Stefan Anthony, the linebacker from Clemson. We'll do that with uh, two guys that covered both of those uh, gentlemen in their college uh, careers. Tom Fitzgerald from the San Francisco Chronicle will uh, enlighten us on Andrews Pete, and Aaron Brunner from the uh, Charleston Post and Courier. We'll tell some stories about Stefan Anthony, two guys that I think are going to make an impact pretty quick here for the Saints, and uh, I can't wait to see these guys this weekend. All of them are expected to be here for workouts Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All of them are signed at this moment with the exception of Andrews Pete, the uh, 13th overall selection, the first of the first-round picks for the Saints in the uh, NFL draft there at the end of April, early portion of this month of May. So we've got that on tap for you today. Basketball-wise, uh, Steph Curry, uh, by the way, six-plus threes, six-plus steals last night as the uh, Warriors uh, continue to say, uh, hold on, remember what we did in the regular season, and they used that uh, three-ball last night to uh, shake off a uh, less-than-spectacular start and go on to meet beat rather the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And we had yet another thrilling finish last night in the Atlanta-Washington series. My goodness, um, Paul Pierce thought he had it all done uh, with about eight seconds left, but Atlanta turns the tables on them, and Atlanta now leads that series three games to two. So that's the basketball news for you. Uh, I would imagine we're going to have some conversation here on the NBA side, whether it be tomorrow or to start off next week, uh, not only just to get reset on the playoff picture, but we're going to have to turn our attention to the Pelicans coaching search at some point here, kind of still letting the dust settle and, um, and Dell Demps and company are up at the uh, NBA Combine in Chicago, so we'll uh, talk about that as well. We'll just keep that in mind. Uh, again, maybe some NBA tomorrow, and uh, possibly, by the way, 
Uh, Mark Richt tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. More on that when we get later on in today's show. We're going to take our first time out. When we come back, we'll welcome in Tom Fitzgerald from the San Francisco Chronicle and uh, get to know Andrus Pete out of Stanford a bit more. The main event, New Kids on the Block, live in concert, performing in the round with very special guests, TLC and Nelly. The biggest concert event of the year, Friday, May 15th, Smoothie King Center. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com or call 800-745-3000. New Kids on the Block with TLC and Nelly. For VIP ticket packages and more, visit NKOTB.com. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing Touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. We're going to focus our attention on the first-round picks made by the New Orleans Saints today, and we'll start from the start, and that's Andrus Pete, the starting uh, tackle for the Stanford Cardinal this past year. He was covered during his college days by Tom Fitzgerald from the San Francisco Chronicle, who joins us now on the Black and Blue Report. Tom, thanks for joining us. I'm hoping that you can... Help us learn more about a guy that someday uh, perhaps will be starting at tackle for the black and gold. Well, I'd say he's going to be starting. Uh, uh, I don't know what, the, what your situation is like this year, but uh, he's a wonderful prospect. This, uh, he's a uh, long, he's 6'7", and, uh, and it looks like, a, to me, he looks like a legitimate 6'7". Um, big guy, a uh, rangy guy. He's got certainly room to increase weight. He's athletic. He's He's got good feet. He's got the athletic genes. His dad played in the NFL for a number of years. He's a um, he, he really wants to be wants to be very really good. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know an interesting thing about Andrews. He, he when he was a freshman, he came in with a class uh, in 2012 that was heralded as the top offensive line group uh, in many years at, at any school and. Um, and uh, when we saw him, I mean, he looked, he was very quick and athletic, but he looked like he had a little bit of a spare tire around him, frankly, uh, as do a lot of these kids when they come in. And, um, and uh, Stanford has a very renowned uh, strength and conditioning program under a guy named Shannon Turley. And uh, I'll tell you what, the next year that spare tire was gone and he looked, <laughs> he looked amazing. And, uh, uh, and, and it showed in his play. He, he's 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 quite a uh, he, he's always been considered a, a, a really a top-notch uh, NFL prospect. We didn't know exactly how how high he would go, 
there were some people who thought that he might uh, have uh, benefited from another year at Stanford, but uh, that's certainly debatable. Uh, I probably, probably would have um, improved, uh, certainly, but uh, he's going to improve uh, with the Saints. I think he's going to be a terrific player for the, uh, for the Saints for years to come. Tom, what I'm hearing is uh, that there are many Pac-12 defensive linemen and linebackers that are more than happy to see him go. Um, <laughs> what what oh, bothered oh, yeah. those? Oh, yeah. What what the what bothered those defenders the most when trying to go up against Mr. Pete? Well, uh, he had such a uh, his his long arms, his his quick feet. Uh, he was just a, a load to try to get around or to try to shed. Uh, so uh, yeah, a lot of uh, defensive ends, linebackers are uh, are definitely happy to see him go. I mean, they uh, he uh, <clears throat> at Stanford, the, their offensive line had had some uh, some uh, great uh, numbers. Uh, they the the offense didn't do so well this past year for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, and, and probably uh, in in fairness, the offensive line maybe wasn't as good. Uh, this past year as it has been, but um, there were a lot of other factors. Uh, Kevin Hogan, the quarterback, didn't have that, that great a year until the last three games. Uh, there, were a, there were a number of other problems with that Stanford team this past year, but um, the, uh, the offensive line over, the, over Pete's uh, reign there had uh, extraordinary success, uh, at least in numbers, not, not allowing sacks, not allowing or having – having uh, really strong numbers uh, in, a, in a rushing game, uh, having strong numbers in the passing game. And uh, uh, so, yeah, he, there, there were a lot of guys in that uh, in the Pac-12 defenses who were happy to see him gone. He received so many offers out of high school there in Tempe. Uh, Tom, what was it about Stanford that was the best fit for Pete? Why did he go there? Was there something about their program that he knew would make him better? Well, there were uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is they play a pro style, uh, grinded out uh, 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 offense, uh, as opposed to a lot of other colleges these days who are going to, who are going to spreads and uh, multiple receivers and all, all kinds of things like that. Stanford plays a, a, a true NFL offense. Uh, David Shaw coached in the NFL for a number of years, as did several of his assistants. Uh, David Shaw, after Andrews Pete was drafted, said that uh, that uh, he doesn't really need much to uh, much of a breaking period to learn the terminology for the Saints because he already knows it. Their their uh, their I don't know if their terminology was that it was exactly the same as Stanford's, but their uh, the 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 uh, Stanford playbook is a lot like the Saints. So uh, I think that was certainly one of the things that attracted him to Stanford. He's a bright kid, and uh, I think the uh, the uh, reputation of Stanford as being one of the top uh, academic schools in the country was certainly was another draw. Uh, uh, David Shaw is a, a, and Jim Harbaugh before him. I can't I can't remember what the sequence was exactly who recruited uh, Andrus, but uh, I suspect it was David Shaw. Uh, they're very skillful recruiters, and they um, they could convince him that. Uh, that uh, uh, he could go to Stanford, get a great education, and get to the NFL. So that's a that's a, a, a wonderful combination for a guy with uh, with some intellect and great athletic skills like Pete. Tom Fitzgerald with us from the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, Tom, when it comes to Andrews Pete, is he a better pass blocker or run blocker, and uh, which one will serve him better out of the gate here in the NFL? Well, 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say, uh, I would say that his uh, that his run blocking is probably a little bit better, but it, boy, it's really hard to tell. You know, I, we're kind of splitting hairs there. There, there are a lot of guys who that that uh, that are much better at one than the other. But the, uh, in, in Pete's case, he was he was pretty darn good at both. He's so he's so tall, so uh, rangy. His arms are so long. He's 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 very tough to um, uh, to to get around uh, as a pass blocker. Although he you know he did have a tough game against uh, Utah, as I recall, the, uh, the big pass rusher whose name I can't can't even remember right now. Uh, uh, oh, uh, or Nate Orchard had a Nate Orchard had a couple of sacks against uh, Pete, and uh, Orchard is an extremely quick guy uh, who's uh, who, who also got drafted, but. Um, so I'd say, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell, but, uh, he's got, he's got, uh, uh, the phrase is always tremendous upside. You know, he's got, he's certainly got room to, uh, room to grow room, uh, certainly room to polish his game. He's going to get, he's going to get bigger. He's got like, he could probably easily put on 20 pounds and, and, uh, of muscle and, uh, and, and I'm sure he will in the NFL and, and be that much bigger and that much better. Uh, Tom, were you surprised to see him come off the board at 13, or did that feel just right for you? That felt about right. Felt about right. Um, we we all knew he was going to be a first-round guy, and then, you know, it's just a case of who has the need um, at a particular point in the draft, who needs to tackle, uh, as opposed to uh, a lot of other teams who, with, with other needs, and, uh, yeah, that felt that felt about right. Sure. Was there anything else about Andrus Pete's story that hasn't been thrown out there since the draft that maybe you're aware of due to your coverage for the Chronicle? Well, uh, the, you know his his uh, brothers are, are quite good football players too. I guess there's a uh, uh, it's a big family, um, and I think one of them, as I recall, uh, is a freshman player for. Who's, who's he going to play for? Cassius. I can't even remember who he's who he signed with. But uh, uh, the other another brother was um, played at uh, Nebraska, and I think he transferred to Texas A&M. Uh, they're just uh, yeah. I, I, I was just wondering what kind of uh, pickup basketball games it must have been like in that family, you know, with all these brutes, uh, and, and, including the dad. So that must have been fun to see. Uh, probably a lot of posting up, I would imagine. <laughs> that's right yeah uh there's no doubt about his size it strikes me out of all the things that we visited about it strikes me that you say that six seven nearly almost 320 pounds that he can actually be bigger um that's that's amazing especially at the tackle position yeah it, it, when you see him you'll see uh, you know he doesn't like a lot of uh a lot of offensive linemen they're pretty pretty wide bodies and he's he's got he's pretty um pretty buff guy you know he's uh he he could certainly put on some more weight and uh and and uh and still be as quick as he is yeah i would imagine the saints uh strength and conditioning staff is going to enjoy bringing him aboard tom fitzgerald from the san francisco chronicle tom good stuff thanks for joining us today you bet anytime thank you for having me you bet tom fitzgerald and then up next year we'll talk with uh uh, we'll talk about, rather, Stefan Anthony with Aaron Brunner from the Charleston Post and Courier in just a moment.
In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Do you have all the right moves to be a member of the hottest dance team in the NBA? The Pelicans dance team is having open auditions for their 2015-16 squad, and you are invited to try out. Join us on Saturday, June 13th at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility on Airline Drive in Metairie. For more information on how you can be a part of the Pelicans dance team, visit pelicans.com today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. New Saints uh, linebacker Stephon Anthony was signed this week. He's ready to go for Saints minicamp. And uh, we'll continue our conversation about the newest Saints here today with Aaron Brenner from the Charleston Post and Courier. He covered Stephon Anthony during his Clemson days, and he joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Aaron, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Sean. Good, Good to be on with you. Tell me more about Stephon Anthony. This is a guy that blew it up at the Combine. Many are saying that he could start right away, and Sean Payton was gushing about his new inside linebacker drafted in the first round during the 2015 NFL draft. Yeah, I think Stephon was kind of a surprise first-round pick. Uh, he had considered coming out after his junior year and had told us reporters that he got a second-round grade from the advisory board, which I think maybe there was some skepticism that uh, he would have actually gone that high. Then he comes out and has just really a solid senior year. If I had one word to describe how Anthony was, it was solid. Uh, I wouldn't say it was spectacular in a lot of moments, but then again, that's not what you're looking for from your middle linebacker. Uh, you just want him to do his job, go, go see ball, hit ball, and, and that's what he did. He led the Tigers in tackles each of the last two years and uh, was just the rock in the middle of that uh, number one defense. And, so once we crept closer to draft day, as you mentioned, he had a, a really nice combine, uh, was considered probably a consensus second-round prospect, and then uh, just a little bit out of nowhere at the end of uh, the night on April 30th, uh, there's the, uh, the second Clemson Tiger drafted after Vic Beasley. And um, I, I think Anthony's ready to head down to New Orleans as well just because uh, he'll, he'll stay in the NFC South. He's a – uh, Charlotte kid and uh, also you know playing at Clemson you're surrounded by both Panthers and Falcons fans so I think that part of him excites him he'll get to play in Charlotte each year uh, and yeah I mean like you said uh, Sean Payton's excited to have him there um, sounds like the, the communication issues have uh, sort of plagued New Orleans defense in recent years and uh, that's that's what Stephon Anthony was brought in to take care of. Yeah, that's the thing, the, the mental aspect of this. He just strikes me as a smart football player. And from what I can gather, and I'm hoping you can add to this, is the fact that I, I don't want to say he was the brains of the defense, but certainly any time a middle linebacker who's also a captain 
uh, garners this much attention, one would have to say that he truly um, was the coach on the field for the Clemson defense. Oh, totally. I, I think it's very accurate. Uh, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator for Clemson, he's a linebacker's guy. He was a linebacker in school, uh, coached under Bob Stoops for uh, over a decade, and uh, now entering his fourth year um, at Clemson. Uh, Stephon Anthony was his guy throughout, and that, that's like your point guard on the court, if you will. Uh, that's what Anthony did here. And I just remember back to fall camp, uh, early in fall camp last year, when uh, somebody asked Venable the question about really those seniors who had considered going out for the 2014 NFL draft and uh, whether there was going to be any concern that they'll sort of coast because they feel like they've already earned their stripes and uh, maybe a little bit of senioritis there. And, and Venables had cautioned about that in the past, about how he, he didn't want his seniors doing that. And I just remember early in fall camp, Venable talking specifically about Stephon Anthony, about how every day in the August heat of South Carolina, which it is brutal down here, that Stephon Anthony would come out every day like his hair was on fire. Just uh, that motor that uh, football coaches crave, Anthony had it. And when you are the middle linebacker in a defense, uh, you're, you're pretty much involved in every single play no matter what. And uh, that's what Venables loved about him. And uh, I think that's what Sean Payton came to love about him when he went and uh, you know, Payton disclosed that he spent a lot of time uh, looking at Clemson film and talking to Clemson coaches. And it was not Vic Beasley who was the first name out of Venables' lips when he talked to Payton, uh, who, as you guys know, had the number 13 pick and certainly could have been interested in Vic Beasley. But uh, it was Stephon Anthony who, who Venables raved about. And I think that really explains how – uh, Anthony rose to be a first-round draft pick. Aaron, is that going to be enough for Stefan to make that mental jump from the ACC to the NFL? I mean, the, the the packages that he'll now have to recognize and dissect change, the quarterback level that he'll be eyeing across the line will change a bit. I, I, is that enough, or is there another intangible that you saw that will also help him? Yeah, I think that, uh, and Anthony spoke about that, Sean, is that the, the, the playbook, is going to be the, the most difficult part. He's already got all the physical attributes. You know, he's, he's, he was more built like an NFL player than anybody else on that number one ranked Clemson defense. Okay, so that, the, the physical part is not the concern. Really for him, it, it, it's getting the Saints playbook down, and, and it's identifying power, uh, 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 formations and, you know, what the Panthers, what the Falcons, what the Bucks are going to do. And uh, I guess even when you look at it from Clemson's standpoint, it's certainly the ACC has a lot of different variations of offenses. You know, Georgia Tech's got that spread. Uh, Jameis Winston was Jameis Winston. And, and so that's what Anthony saw. Uh, and then as far as practice every day, I mean, Clemson, Clemson's offense really runs a few base plays out of some very simple concepts. They're very good at it, but it's not as though – Clemson's defenders are witnessing a pro-style offense every day in practice. So I think that's probably where Anthony uh, comes off uh, admitting that, uh, not that it's a weakness necessarily, but it is something he'll have to really strive to work extra hard on to uh, to earn that first-round uh, you know, bang for the buck. Aaron Brenner with us from the Charleston Post and Courier. Uh, Aaron, was there a signature moment last season for Stephon Anthony, one that may have defined his Clemson career? Uh, sometimes we see a guy have you know, that breakout game, or was this just, as you mentioned earlier, kind of that, that steady, safe performance that he had over the over the long haul? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, as you ask the question, uh, what springs to mind for me, it, it was technically last year, but I mean last calendar year, and that's the 2014 Orange Bowl uh, to conclude his junior season. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. I think he had a dozen tackles. He had the game-sealing interception when uh, Ohio State was driving. They were down 40-35, and uh, uh, Braxton Miller sort of floated a ball over the middle, and Anthony kind of contorted his body and made this really athletic interception that uh, uh, we hadn't really seen out of him, and that, uh, that sealed the deal for Clemson to win the Orange Bowl over Ohio State, which, of course, would go on to win the national championship last season. Uh, that springs to mind uh, as far as his senior year. I, yeah, I mean, I think he just he was just solid all the way through. I, I know he was not pleased when uh, he got tossed in the second half of the South Carolina victory for hitting Dylan Thompson. It was a late hit. It was worthy of a 15-yarder, but probably on, on film was not worthy of a targeting ejection. And uh, he also had to sit out the first half of the Russell Athletic Bowl, but then you see him come out in the second half and his hair was on fire. I mean, because he had to you know, linger in that locker room for the first half of his final college game. So um, good character guy. I, you know, at this point, you're going to see him get more and more comfortable with fans and media. I think in college, he just uh, wasn't as talkative, at least in front of reporters. Uh, during his senior year, he didn't meet with uh, media that often. But, but just from speaking to him a couple times this spring as he prepared – uh, for the draft, uh, he's, he's getting more comfortable in that role. And, uh, but as we all know, Sean, it's, uh, it's not about what he says off the field. It's how he performs on it. And uh, that will certainly uh, tell the tale of whether he was worthy of that number 31 pick. Yeah, great point and great lead into my next question. And that was uh, in your chances to talk to him, you mentioned that he's a Charlotte kid. Um, is there something about his upbringing or that, that personality that you said is a, is a little – I guess, I don't want to say shy, but uh, maybe not as comfortable as it will be as he matures. Um, is there something about him that, that, that speaks to the overall package that we would find off the field? Uh, shy, shy, maybe. You know, I, I think of like Todd Gurley, same way, where at least in front of reporters, he was just very withdrawn. But then you see him on game day, and he's screaming and yelling, and that's just the way some guys are. That's just the way some players are. They're more comfortable, you know, strapping up the pads and actually playing. Um, Anthony also throughout this process talked about it's not just about, uh, you know, yelling and and screaming about how how great he is or how many sacks he's going to get. It's just he wants to earn the respect of that Saints locker room by going out and and doing it and and doing it not just on the 16 Sundays this this fall, but but doing it in in working mini camp and uh, in, in training camp and in the weight room and and all those things. And um, I think as far as his personality, he's got a daughter. Um, I think she, you know, she, she's maybe a year and a half, two years old, so he was used to that while as a college player. But uh, I loved what he told the, the Saints in-house radio guys shortly after he was drafted because, um, again, he was a surprise first-round pick. I think a, probably a good part of him and his reps thought that he was going to hear his name called on Friday. But all of a sudden, he's taken on Thursday night and uh, – so the, the, the radio guys ask him, so you got any big plans for the weekend? Now you got an extra day. And he goes, you know what? Got my girl here. Probably going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. So that's pretty cool. Just <laughs> That's, that's uh, probably his personality. And, um, you know, coaches love that. They love guys that, uh, that it's just all about family and football all the time. And uh, usually those are the, the, the players who have a better chance for success down the road. 
Yeah, that was us that interviewed him, and I was uh, I was almost yep. falling out of the chair when I heard that. It was, it okay, was okay, quite, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was uh, it was interesting because I thought you know I would have heard something much different. Usually, when I ask that question, I get ready for uh, something fun and all that. It was just ho hum going to Chuck E. Cheese. I couldn't believe it. So, uh, but that was pretty cool. Aaron, yeah, thanks so and, much. Uh, I appreciate your insight. It was outstanding. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Thanks for having me. You got it. Aaron Brunner with us from the Charleston Post and Courier as we uh, conclude our conversations about these newest Saints. Again, just about everybody ready to go, and they'll all be at minicamp this weekend, starting with uh, practices tomorrow. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Taking a break from Mayor Landrieu's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. A big thanks to our guest today, Aaron Brenner from uh, the Charleston Post and Courier and Tom Fitzgerald from the San Francisco Chronicle. I, you know, again, Daniel Salerson, our producer and uh, occasional host, uh, put, uh, put together this idea of learning more about uh, the newest Saints through the eyes uh, of those who covered them uh, in college, primarily the beat writers, and it's proven to be, I think, a very good thing. So thanks to Daniel as well as we kind of wrap up that series today. Mark Richt, the uh, head coach of the University of Georgia, is uh, slated to join us for tomorrow. Uh, we will pick up the conversation about Damian Swan with him, but you know, keep this in mind, there are about five guys currently on the Saints roster that have Georgia ties, uh, including Benjamin Watson. Uh, we all know about him and John Jenkins both, but Damian Swan now and then new linebacker Donnell Ellerby, who was acquired uh, this past uh, offseason as well. So, Mark Rick tomorrow, that should be outstanding for a Friday black and blue report. Uh, we just got news, by the way, and I'm, I think you're going to see this across a number of different platforms later today, but good news, Saints fans. Uh, practice for minicamp, not rookie minicamp this weekend, but the uh, full team uh, Saints minicamp in June is now going to be basically open to the public. Uh, minicamp this year, again, presented by Verizon, and the dates are June 16th, uh, 17th and 18th with practice uh, basically from 11 a.m. to 1.20 uh, each of those days. Uh, gates are going to open at 10.15 uh, with parking available uh, primarily over the Zephyr Field parking lot. And much like that you're used to when the Saints are in Metairie for portions of training camp, uh, food, beverages, and merchandise will be available for purchase. So a good taste of football uh, coming up in June. Again, that's June 16th, 17th, and 18th. Uh, information later today, of course, on NewOrleansSaints.com. But wanted to get you that news as it's just now coming out uh, during the taping of Black and Blue Report today. That'll do it for us. We'll leave you with that note, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for the podcast uh, for Saints and Pelicans fans. 
I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.